Welcome to the Gather Podcast. This is episode four, and we are so excited you're back to hear a little bit more about who God is. We've been studying his character and the names of God and reading along with Sarah Haggerty in the book Adore. So hopefully you've been able to pick it up and enjoy that with us. Um, we wanna gather together in any way we can. This is a ministry of Faith Troy and I'm Autumn Casiglia, the adult director here at Faith and also a counselor. And um, I love meeting with you and being able to share with you from my heart and from the Bible. Last week, you heard Debbie Ellinger talking about justice. So hopefully you got to hear a little bit about her love for God and love for the kids here at Faith and for the um, women and men on the streets in Detroit that she's ministering to. In the email that you hopefully received, you will get to hear her favorite worship songs, The Blessing and A Man of His Word. And if you would like to get that email, along with all the tools that we're gonna share, just go ahead and look at the link up in the bio and um, you can subscribe to that. So today we're gonna read a little bit more about um, Adore from Sarah Haggerty and um, hear a little bit about how she shared from her heart that she didn't really know God during a time that she was going through a lot. She was struggling with infertility and just feeling pretty lost. And her friend shared with her about adoration. And many of us have heard the acronym ACTS, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, and Supplication. But I think a lot of times we run through that word adore and maybe we say thank you for your creation or something like that, but we don't really lean into what that actually means. And her friend explains it like this. This isn't a discipline. It's a simple way to talk to God. It's like everyday conversation with a friend. It's an engagement that can turn the hardened parts of your heart toward his word and his person, expecting that he might soften them. Adoration is choosing from God's word a part of his character and his nature to meditate on particularly one with which you wrestle. Adoration reaches beyond our 30-minute sanitized quiet time. It can come from our base questions and fears. It's our honest grappling. It's admitting that we need help. It's the wrestle. I wrote about it like this in my journal. It says, adoration is where our circumstances and his character meet. It is where we find our hearts. It's where we find him fighting for us. When we turn to truly adore him, we learn to put on our armor and fight the enemy's lies. Adoration is where we find our strength and our power beyond our circumstances. When we adore him, we see him above all other things. So this week we heard about how God is El Roy, the God who sees me. And we find this in Genesis 16. And in that, in Genesis 16, Hagar is basically rejected from her one and only family that she has at that point and um, sent out into the desert. And at that time, she says, you are the God who sees me, she said. I have now seen the one who sees me. And so when we think about that, no matter what our circumstances are, we can be assured that God sees us and he knows and he cares. In Luke 7, we read about a woman that is really sick, very sick, and she had known from from the scriptures that if she just could touch God's robe, if she could touch Jesus's robe, that she would be healed. So her faith in that, she ran to Jesus and she touched his robe and he turned and he saw her and she was healed. So we know that he saw her pain and he shared his power with her. And that's good to know. So my question for you is, have you ever felt unseen, unheard, abandoned, 
Um, have you felt lost in the middle of your circumstances? And if you have, I want just to reassure you that God sees you and he knows and he cares. So maybe this week, try asking God, how do you want to show me that you see me? And what are the lies that the enemy is saying about me? And how can I replace those lies with your truth? Here's a few scriptures from John, Revelations, and Ephesians to share with you about who God says you are. In John 3, 16 and 17, it says, For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son, that who should ever believe in him, they will be saved. And he didn't come into the world to condemn the world, but to set the world free. So you are loved and you're not condemned. You are worth everything to him. And in Revelations 3.20, you find out you're wanted and you're pursued. In Ephesians 2.8, you're loved apart from what you do or you don't do. In Ephesians 1, you're equipped, you're chosen, blameless. Because of Jesus, you're adopted, you're redeemed, you're forgiven, and you're secured by the Holy Spirit. So these aren't just things that we, um, ideas, but those are things that God wants you to know and live in and through as you live in the truth instead of those lies. And so let me just pray for us right now and then we'll talk about our tool for the day. Father, I just pray that as we reflect on the fact that you are a God who sees us, that no matter what we're going through, if it's um, marital challenges or challenges due to this virus or, um, relational problems, or whatever it is, Lord, you want to mourn with us and you want to celebrate life with us. And you want us to do the same with each other. So help us to listen to your truth, to hear from you directly about who you say we are, and to know and be reassured that you see us in the middle of the brokenness in this world that is far from perfect, that you see and you know and you care. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, so I wanted to share this tool with you. Um, it's something that Joe and I have used with our family, and it is called um, the Family Mission and Goals Sheet, and that will be also in the email that you'll receive. And basically, it's from a book called um, Three Question Big Questions for Frantic Families. And what you do is, see, let me just tell you the story. So this man, um, the author of the book, he... Um, and I'm forgetting his name, but he, he actually um, came home from work one day and said to his wife, if I ran my companies the way we run our family, they would fall to pieces. And of course, he got in trouble from his wife, and um, quickly she um, kind of kicked him out of the room so she could cry. And then she came back and she said, all right, tell me how you would run our family the way you run your companies. And he shared it with her. And in that, she said, well, some of that won't work because we're not a business, we're a family. But they created this book together called The Three Big Questions for Frantic Families. So the first question is, what is our top priority right now? And so at the top, you have this rally cry. And you focus on that rally cry for two to six months. And that rally cry is where most of the resources go and the time and energy in your family. And the idea is we really only can have one big rally cry. And then we have these other objectives that go with this rally cry. And you see the little circles underneath the objectives. When you set those goals that are gonna help you achieve that rally cry, you also keep track. Once a week you check in with each other and you say, are we a red light, a yellow light, or a green light? If it's a red light, it means you didn't achieve it. 
If it's yellow, it means you've made progress, but you need to kind of keep working on it. And if it's green, you, you made the goal and you can cross it off and move on to the next one. And then you have these standard objectives that are things that have to happen no matter what, which are finances, health, faith, education, and marriage and family. And so you write your goals out and each week you check in with each other, but then as the kids get older, you check in with your whole family on how these goals are being accomplished. And then you also write down what your family mission statement is and how often you're gonna talk about this. For us, we did once a week. And so on the back side, I also included just an idea of what Joe and I did with the kids. And I'll share with you right now what our family mission statement um, was. And the kids were part of designing this. It says, we wanna be a family. Uh, we want our family to be a reflection of the church, a place where Jesus can be found and his teachings are lived out. We will seek to create a home where imagination, love, grace, and servant hearts thrive. So I wanna tell you, those are some lofty goals. And I think now looking back on this, this is a little long for a mission statement. I probably would have tweaked it a little bit, but everybody had input. So Nathan said imagination. And I know um, Joe, my husband talked about it being a reflection of the church, obviously, because he's a pastor, that makes sense, right? So I think it's really good to have all the kids be involved, but you probably wanna keep it a little bit shorter than ours. and. Um, and you just want these meetings, these family meetings, to be full of grace. And hopefully, it'll help you guys stay on task, um, especially during this really busy time where you're trying to school and work and do all kinds of things. And things have changed so much. So hopefully, you find that useful. And then at the end, I shared um, those books from Ellie Holcomb. And I gave you another book from her, too, in the email. So hopefully, you'll enjoy those. And I just want to encourage you to like, to share, to subscribe, and definitely share it with your friends when you do. Hopefully, they'll get um, uh, blessed and be encouraged, too. And so I hope you have a great week, and we'll see you next week for another interview.